Welcome to Carolina in Motion, the show about North Carolinians who are on the move to make things happen in their lives and their communities. Join us as we hear from people from all across the state as they share their stories and advice to inspire you and steer you towards success. And now here's your host, John Van. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, John Van. Small businesses, they are the backbone of our local economy. You will find many of them all across our state, and today I'm going to talk to an amazing business coach who has helped many of our small businesses in North Carolina to grow. But before we get into that, I want to give you a brief word about how you can get connected with the show and also about our sponsors. CarolinaInMotionPodcast.com is the show's website. From there, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and other podcasting services. And you can also find the link to get plugged into our show's online community on Facebook. The Carolina in Motion community on Facebook is a great group where you can interact with me and guests and fans of the show to help guide you and get you moving on whatever goal it is you are looking to achieve. Check out carolinainmotionpodcast.com and our Carolina in Motion community group on Facebook. The show is sponsored by my firm, the certified public accounting firm of Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford, LLP. If you are looking to get moving on a new business idea or have a current business that you want to grow to the next level, my firm can help guide you to where you want to be. If you need help with your business accounting and want someone you can trust to provide you with the information you need to help you make sound decisions based on accurate financial information, then Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford, LLP is the firm for you. Give me a call today at 252-443-0515. That's 252-443-0515. Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford, LLP. Now let's dive right in. Our guest today is Martin Brossman. Martin is passionate about small business success. His mission is to personally and professionally support small and micro businesses in North Carolina. Through his coaching practice, he is able to provide rapid results to executives, small businesses, and entrepreneurial clients, guiding them to build on their strengths and overcome their weaknesses as individuals and as team members. Martin, welcome to the show. Excited to be here and love what you're doing. I mean, you're just completely in line with my mission of supporting micro and small businesses that I believe are the backbone of our economy, and really what give character and life to a small community as well. Exactly. We're, we're what it's all about. Folks like you and me and the people we work with, we are the communities. And, you know, that's kind of our mission is to help, help build all these people up. So really, really glad to have you here today. So why do you love working with small businesses and what made you decide to go that route? My father Uh, really uh, enjoyed the time he was an independent consultant. And that got my interest as uh, a younger uh, kid uh, when he was, he had a time period of being a management consultant. I believe what happened is my mother was worried about the security of it. And then he eventually got a job uh, with um, EPA, but that started the spark of it. And then in my seven years in corporate America, I, I just noticed how large companies can 
justify amazingly dysfunctional systems and still keep afloat for years. And if you could just manage the perception to the guy above you and make the indicators work, I just was amazed how many large companies often have a lot of that going on, not all of it. And what drew me to small businesses is that if you make a ice cream cone, you have to actually deliver a product and hand it to someone. There's an intrinsic integrity and honesty in making money in a micro business that's hard, easier to get lost in a large system where you have silos of companies, you know, the, the largest companies, they, they have these silos, they don't communicate, they have marketing that doesn't match what, what we were doing, and so on. In a smaller business, you can't afford that luxury. I mean, you know, look at what JCPenney's did. I mean, what a great train wreck that was. They, they tried to improve by dis, discounting their existing customer to create a new one, almost put them under. In a small business, they would have been under. They had to serve their customer first and then. So what's attractive to me is the honesty and integrity that intrinsically is more present in a smaller business because you're in the community. You can't hide. If, you, if your bookkeeping doesn't do a good job, they're going to see you at church in the grocery store. You know, there's nowhere <laughs> yeah. to hide. You see, there's an intrinsic social structure that encourages integrity and honesty that sometimes, I want to be fair, can get easily displaced and lost. It's like when Enron occurred, I was working in all the companies in RTP. And my view was, of course, that's going to happen. These systems lose track of reality very easily because they're not connected to the ground. They're not connected to making money. They're not connected to, I've got to produce a product today. Someone needs to buy it. If I aren't thinking about tomorrow, we starve to death. So that was a long answer, but that's the basics of why I'm attracted to small business. Yeah. And it's in the small business, you know, it's basically one, two, maybe three, four, I don't know, just not many people. And they, they all just have more, more skin in the game, more stake in it and they care about it more. So they're going to pay more attention to kind of all areas of everything they're doing versus, you know, like you said, the larger companies, it just kind of all gets diluted down um, to where there's not as much just care and passion in, um, in what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a, uh, you know, example is uh, when you find people in charge of economic development in a town, if I don't see a mix of encouraging entrepreneurship and small business, I get really worried that they're just trying to win an award and not help their community. <laughs> because what happens is you get a large box thing comes into your town and you give all types of discounts they can afford to pull out in a heartbeat. But you get a little business that, let's say, makes candles, and they got 20 employees, and they move to their, your area. They're more entrenched. They can't afford to leave as easy. There's actually more security in the smaller systems than there is in the big. And I've, I've been an advocate of larger products like uh, QuickBooks, and I've talked to marketing people it and so forth. I say, if you get entrenched in the micro business versus trying to cater to just the larger companies, 
we can't move as fast. We live on these things. So there's a lot of layers of this that are important to understand in the health of a community. That's why this idea of, do you want to create more jobs or do you want to create more people creating jobs? I think we should focus more on creating more people creating jobs and creating opportunities and creating businesses. That's the future of our country. Just having like jobs for people that are meaningless and they pay a set amount, we need some of those, but that's not gonna keep the, the entire country vibrant. So there's so many layers of this are critical that we all understand it. In fact, my view is I think everyone should have to lose their day job and try to make a living on their own at least once in their life so they have some understanding of what, what occurs. Like people, you know, the holidays are coming up. Their people have paid vacation. I have time off without income. It's a different way of living, you know? <laughs> and I have people that work with me and they have time off within out income. So, you know, understanding a little bit about this really gives you more confidence too, because I have the confidence of how to generate money. If I work just in a day job, I should be scared if I don't understand what it takes to make a living. And it's also why I want us to teach entrepreneurship and small business as the number one priority in our uh, high schools and in our systems. There's nothing that will build more confidence and strength in the country than that. Yeah, and you by doing that, you're, you're keeping it in the community. Like you said, having it in the school systems, you want to have these business owners come in and stay in the area when, when you're, when you're doing it here in the local school system, encouraging that type of behavior. I mean, that's going to kind of keep it, you know, keep the young generation, keep, keep the next generation, have them around, keep them engaged and have them be the, the next generation of community leaders around here. Yes. Um, and you want community. There are towns where the, the council never shows up for small business center. Oh my God, what a train wreck. There are towns where I've seen where, well, we don't want to grow. And I've said to them, then you really want crack centers growing in your community. Because if you don't have a certain level of healthy growth, you might as well just put a billboard out at the roadside that says, please bring your crime and drug to our area. So <laughs> yes, we have to understand this actually creates safer communities. If we, we have more little micro businesses, and I don't even care if they're selling on eBay out of the back of their, in their garage, and it offsets their income, or I'm also an amateur radio, I've got a, I just took off my name tag, there's a guy that does PC work, and he makes name tags, and that's a little side thing that occurs. We have to see how this is the most vibrant way to have health and safety in our towns and our communities by encouraging these things. And, and when I give talks for communities on it, this is one of the things I talk about and what it takes to get it to work together. I, I agree with you. I think everybody should try at some point to have a small business, even if it's, you know, just a side income, not something that they're trying to pursue. You really start to understand just how much it takes to run a business. I mean, you're, you're not only doing operations, you're doing marketing, you're doing um, manufacturing, accounting, whatever. You have to take on every piece of the puzzle. And I think just to give that a try, everyone should try it once in their life just to get an understanding of what all it takes. It's not that easy. You see a, you see a product for sale somewhere, 
you don't realize all the work that goes into making that product that goes into selling that product <laughs> that goes into accounting for the product. I mean, there's a lot of work in these bigger businesses. You know, you got a bunch of people doing it, but small businesses, you might be the only person doing that. And the big thing there, I think, is time. How do you, how do you manage your time? What, what advice do you have on time management for someone who's maybe doing it all as a business owner? Yeah. Well, there's, there's two aspects of that are important. One is when you have someone who's had a salary job, they've been a workaholic and they've, they're working 80 or 90 hours a week and then they go into their own business. They're actually one of the toughest people to change to be successful in a small and micro business because they're too much of a perfectionist. The first thing in time management is you've got to discern what needs to be highly accurate and what is good enough to get out the door. And you must build that discernment very quickly. So just like this podcast, you could spend uh, 20 hours on editing a simple podcast or you go, that's good enough, get it out. That I paused, okay, there's some extra verbal pause. If I take all those out, it'll take forever to get it out. So where do I need to be highly accurate? Where do I need to say that's good enough to get out? The second key I have to time management is you've got to treat your time like money. When you're self-employed, you got to ask the question, what does an hour of my time cost and how am I spending it? And look into that. When I get people, there are elaborate methods for improving and being more efficient of time. And this is the simplest system. I'm also kind of off the charts, ADD, dyslexic, all of that as many entrepreneurs are. And the question you need to ask is, let's say, I'm going to say an hour of my time costs $50. Then I need to ask, how did I just spend the last $50, not the last hour? And I, I even have done talks and training on this in our entrepreneur uh, uh, course. And so the beginning is, think of your time as money. I'll give a good example. You have a child and you have a wife and you are husband and you go for a walk after dinner and let's take that cost an hour. Is that worth $50? Of course it's worth it, you see? So you can map this on to personal things and start being more effective. And then the other thing is, one is making sure you're able to say the word no. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta say no to things to say yes to others. You gotta let some things go and just say, you know, that sounds great, I'm just not gonna be able to do it and be comfortable with that pause. And this is something that some of us, uh, including myself, is a lifelong task. Would you do this? Yes. And, and you have to look at where you're tithing. I call it the volunteer work. And you might have to cut some of that back and set priorities on it. Because there are a lot of good people, especially in small towns, doing great stuff with their church and other things. They have to have enough bandwidth to launch the business. See, launching a business is like launching a rocket ship. Imagine partway up in the rocket ship, the ship decided before it broke through gravity, it was going to take a little break. And I hear this all the time. What would happen? The ship would explode. You need to act when you're launching the business. It's as serious as trying to break out of gravity. And you need to have the commitment of that to move forward and a sense of urgency. And I was just meeting with someone for breakfast and 
He has some big dreams and plans. I, I won't mention them to protect his confidentiality, <laughs> but I go, you're not living with enough urgency to have a prayer. You're just going to die and never have this happen. Think about it. Take your current rate of commitment, project it the rest of your lifetime, and you'll find most of people's dreams are rotting in a graveyard, unexpressed, because they weren't willing to commit enough to make them happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that kind of happens a lot if you, you start doing something and then you realize how much time it takes. Um, a lot of these things end up taking a lot more time than you originally thought. And so your dreams just end up dying and falling by the wayside. Um, you, you really have to commit yourself to doing something if it's something you really want to do. Um, and I always try to just kind of to motivate me, just sort of envision myself, picture myself being successful at whatever it is that I'm trying to do, whether I'm working on, just kind of picture the end game and stay focused on that. Otherwise, you're not going to, you know, see your way through it to the end, but just find that positive motivation of, hey, this is the end game of this. Focus on that and just keep moving past all the slow stuff because, it's you know, things are not going to just happen for you immediately with whatever it is you start. Yes, and there's several things. Your goal is figure out what you're best at and get your revenue enough so you can do that most of your time and make enough you can pay other people to do the others. So this is another aspect of this. And one more thing I mentioned with that is you, you may have to set time periods on it. So now you've got a podcast show. Let's say you're going to commit to one year to give it full strength and see how it goes. And, you know, with the commitment of it being the leading podcast show in small business and so forth, but you're fully committed over a finite period is easier for you to handle than forever. So often I'll get clients I'm working with to set a time limit of full commitment versus infinite because that's easier for them to manage and to deal with the fears. I mean, I'm, I'm a big advocate I, I, of what I call be more than yourself, because yourself was built out of a child. And if you're just, quote, being yourself, then an identity built by a six-year-old's running your life. <laughs> that's good. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on a book on this, too. So it's in works. <laughs> Well, so you've kind of been all over the place. I mean, you've been statewide from Murphy to Manio. What what have you found to be kind of the most important activities um, with with local businesses and, and interacting with the local economy? Well, the most important is to take the time to notice the genius, the gifts, and the brilliance in your own community because it's easy to not see that. See, I come into the town and it's easy for me to see the amazing people in the town. The human nature is that the, the grass is always greener somewhere else. So unless you're working to disrupt this a little bit and notice the brilliance, the expert, the skills, the knowledge uh, in your own town and acknowledge it publicly, start being someone to, instead of just find the problem, start appreciating what's great in your town. Write a review online of your favorite restaurants. Acknowledge a business. Be of service first. If you see a problem with the town, ask the way, what would it take to do it? 
and and because don't bring a problem to your community without a solution and so what do i see uh for years going across north carolina and teaching from murphy to manio is we have amazingly gifted people in places i just you know never expected i mean i was born and raised in washington dc i'm I'm, I am not, uh, I love it here. You know, I tell people, you know, those of us that came from the North uh, never say, I'm gonna retire and move North. We love it. This is a great place to live. It, we have seasons and nice weather. We have great people. The other thing I love about small towns is if you slow down and work to build some relationship, these people can still look in your eye and decide if they're going to trust you or not. In the large city, we're, they're so overwhelmed, they've almost lost their ability to do anything except identify immediate violent risk in not going down an alley or something. So there's something about the small town businesses that I just love working with. And I love the people and I love the community. And, and the, what I want to say to them is, just start going around, especially around the holiday, and notice what's great about your area. Find something each day and acknowledge it. Write a review of a restaurant you like in town. Thank them for it and make that effort. And that's, to me, probably the best economic development we could have is acknowledge, appreciate, and contribute. And, and I think, really, there's just a lot of opportunity to be had in these small towns, small communities. There's a lot of things that aren't happening there that that might be happening in in larger towns, just business wise. And it's, it, people look at that as a negative that you know we don't have that here. Why don't we have you know this business here, this type of restaurant? Like people look at that as a negative and just sit and complain about it. But folks, that's that's an opportunity. Like that's an opportunity for you to get off your tail and, and go do something. And there's, there's, if you're an entrepreneur and, and you want to have a business, go do it. I mean, small towns are the place to, to make it happen. It's, and I agree with you um, in just building the relationships and, and acknowledging um, what other businesses are doing in your town that will help you um, to get connected and to grow your business as well. I have something else, and this is for the people on the boards and committees and chamber and the president. The chamber's pretty good and doesn't need this, but the mayor and the other people, you've got to get out into the community where the working class and activity are doing things. There's nothing going to secure your election more than that. It's amazing how seldom I see that showing up. You know, it's like, well, we have these class and we have this entrepreneur stuff and we're trying to get somebody on the uh, town council to show up or engage. And I go, what on earth is going on? Not that it's not happening, but that's advice to them. You want to you want to get reelected, uh, get involved. Now, there is some sensitivity to that when I coach them, because when you get out, you're going to have to field complaints. You know, it's like if you work for the phone company, they think you'll fix all the cable and internet issues. So I'm aware of the authority, but this really makes a difference. I had, I had, I went to Ocracoke and the president of the community college went along with us to the training and he was a new one. He goes, I got to get on the ground and see what's going on. I said, I don't know of this ever happening in 13 years I've worked. 
This is extraordinary. And it doesn't mean these people aren't good. It's just you got to get outside and walk around in unexpected ways to find stuff. You know, Watson of IBM, that's where I'd worked for seven years. Watson would deliberately show up unexpected, unknown to see what was going on because he knew he was getting distorted data from his management team coming up because everyone wants to show the good side. So he found unique ways of sneaking around and finding out information. So that's an important piece for our leaders to also understand that as well. And then the other thing is, if you don't like what your leaders are doing, then start engaging and do it. Leaders will follow when the people are leading and then give them credit. Who cares? It's the benefit of the town. I have old strategy I called how, you know, the tail wagging the dog and doing it in a way that both win. What do you see as the biggest mistakes that communities make in trying to increase economic growth? Well, I think the the biggest mistakes in economic growth, there's several. One is they'll have a local program, but they won't have enough content online. So they have their big shop local and event, but they won't be echoing it online with keyword-driven content. Uh, The shop small, they'll have the, the banners in the window, but no one shares it on their social media and other content. If they have to think in terms on the ground and on the web, on the ground and on the web and echo it. So because I tell people, imagine there's an invisible dome around your town. And most of us are looking at that through the web. Don't wait for one point source to do it. Don't go, well, we've got a marketing department marketing our downtown. Well, if I were Google and there's a single point marketing a town versus a town where everyone's creating YouTube videos about the Apple Apple Cider Festival and everything else, I would actually give more attention to the town where the individuals are getting it all out. And I've developed a whole training for towns talking about this to get going. So well, how, don't rely on that. Yeah. How do you, I guess, how do you do that? Because, you know, say the town uh, makes a hashtag or, or whatever or, or a post and starts posting this. How do you get the other businesses in town to jump on the train with you to, to get involved in that as well in the promotion of it? That's a great question. And I call it the, the artist stone soup. Some people are old enough to know the book. What you need to do is get whoever's willing to do it and work together. So they start actually getting business and success with it. And then they almost make it like a club that people can join and be involved. So you got to get some core people involved. You're going to have the people who won't want to do it at all. Let them go, you know, let them send them some love, let them go and get your core doing like uh, shops, shop Burnsville, North Carolina, you know, hashtag shop Burnsville NC. That could be a hashtag. You got to agree on it. You need to look it up. You need to use it. We did a project of video doing some video of small businesses. It was excellent. It was a small business center where we educated and made visits on it. It's tough because now they've got to put their video up there. We, we could, some did, some didn't, but it's important to get this stuff going. So you got to work with the people willing to work. Don't, don't attack the people who aren't. Then start working with whoever's in the inner domain that's willing to work. And then the other thing is if you'll help the leaders get recognition, even if you start it, then they will buy in. Because when they see something that could 
have enough critical mass to get votes, your your politicians are going to jump on board with this. So it's it sounds funny. Well, what do you mean they didn't do the work? Let them have credit. No, I want to link it in so it keeps going and perpetuating. So I gave you, I have a full recipe on it, but this is a beginning, and I hope that gave a start uh, answer to that question. Yeah, it's not so. It's not just post and pray like put a no. promotion out there is get the people involved with you in what you're doing and making it into a team. And like you say, give those that do get involved and that help with it, give them recognition, um, helps keep them motivated, helps, helps grow it, helps them feel important and, and keeps, you know, keeps the momentum going. Yeah. Give an example. There's a, there's a little wine shop in, in Burnsville, North Carolina. We did a little video for when I met her, I think she said, I don't do video, I'm not on the screen. The wonderful little wine shop she set up, basically out of a bet with a friend when they passed the, the uh, uh, allowing alcohol, I'm, I'm creating a wine shop, she created. She did a little video, we did the video, she posted on her Facebook and she got huge number of shares, like 600 views, 23 shares. I made a whole video on it and information. And you could see that's leading to direct marketing of both the town and her. So here's, here's the thing. You got to get over whatever's stopping you of putting yourself out there and get it out of the way. It's just cloaked ego. It's not, you know, I tell people life begins outside your comfort zone. If you're staying in your comfort zone, you should be really bored with life. <laughs> Start a podcast, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, which is you. You didn't uh, wake up and go, gosh, I'd like to be out there, you know. I mean, come on, give yourself credit. It takes some guts to do it. Oh, it's going to be recorded. What if I say wrong? What if it's a grammar sentence that's wrong? I live in the neighborhood, you know. <laughs> My mother's listening, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, there's so much power, too. I mean, just I've noticed in, in my social media stuff when if, if I'm posting something just to promote my business, I'll get, you know, a, a few hundred or so um, likes or, or people views. That's the word I'm looking for views. Um, but then when you get involved and, and start trying to do something that is not only promoting your business, but say somebody that you worked with and you promoting them as well, it's kind of, it exposes you to that audience as well. So their audience. And so it, I've, I mean, I've just noticed just in my viewership on things that I do, just how much more powerful it is when you have that shared, uh, shared uh, response um, from working with, with someone else. Um, so, I mean, I definitely agree <laughs> that, I mean, it's, it's huge getting involved with, with the other businesses in the community uh, for that promotion. Aspect. And there's one more thing I want to add to that is you'll know you're successful when someone openly criticizes you. So instead of being worried about it, I want you to hear in your head, oh, Martin reminded me, now I'm making headway. Because there's nothing, nothing you'll do where someone won't be offended. So if you're trying to not offend anyone or trying to, and I'm not saying don't be insensitive to people. I'm not saying don't pay attention to your words. I'm just saying someone's going to resent someone standing out. You know, the, my, my wife told me how her mother saw a woman who was outgoing and she says she must think a lot of herself. 
Well, sadly, a lot of women were programmed with the, the view is if you put yourself out there, it's a bad thing. Well, that's the way to kill a small business. Now, you know, I tell people, I worked with an author once and he said, I, I, we started and I said, let's look at your reviews on Amazon. And he had a lot of good reviews, but he had some one stars and stuff because I don't want to see him. It feels bad. I said, when I'm successful with you, you're going to be excited when someone criticizes you because you know it's a doorway that you've either got someone's attention or you can transform it to show your real character. And then we got him to write, respond to the negative reviews together. And now it's like, ah, someone else hates me today. And he's gotten his second book out. He's got a publisher. He's got, I think it's 8,000 followers on his Facebook page. And so wow. it's part of, you, you only develop confidence through these micro failures. You don't develop in, in the box or think it through. It's like you will never figure out what you want to do with your life in your head. You actually have to go out and do something. And I think another good thing to try to do is just take a leadership role in something. I mean, you might yes. not, you, you might not be a business owner. You might not have, uh, you might not be a manager at a business. You might not manage people. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't go get involved with a, an organization, you know, a club or something and, and take a leadership role, um, within that. Um, you, we talked earlier saying we think everyone should try to have a small business at some point. Um, but even in a small business, you're going to be, have to be leading some people at some point, you're going to want to have some employees, um, going and getting involved with a club, taking a leadership role in, in that environment, I think is a great way to get started with learning some leadership skills. Cause like you said about, uh, you know, when people start criticizing you, um, you're, you're not going to be, you're not going to get criticized unless you're taking a stand on something. And if you're, you're having to take a, a leadership role in something like that, um, you'll start to make some enemies, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you'll, you'll, you'll see some successes as well, but just, you're not, you're right. You're not going to be able to please everybody. It's just, it's not going to happen. But I mean, I think social clubs, um, are a great way to start getting involved with doing something, even if you're not running a business yet. Um, it's a great way to start, um, to, to build that up. I think. Yeah, and small calculated risk. I don't want people to jump off a cliff without a parachute, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I had one person, why well, I have faith, I want to start my business. And I go, and you have a child that needs special care. You know, we need to build a plan where that child's taken care of. And so, you know, we want to take small calculated risks. It's just like my grandfather's advice on the stock market is don't don't spend more than you can afford to lose as you invest. It was great. Small calculated risk. This isn't being reckless. This is getting out there and starting to build the confidence as you go along. And very important piece. And there are a lot of great resources in town. Yours, of course, your podcast is one great resource. So I'm going to say, if you like this, make sure to share it, give it thumbs up, put a review online. Then we have things like the Small Business Center, uh, at the community college. Great that I've been able to teach at for over 13 years. A score, I'm involved with the Raleigh Score Group. There are all types of resources out there as well. Getting a mentor is very valuable. You set up, I've done that numerous times for my life. Always make sure there's a give back. 
and you say, I'd like you to be a mentor. How can we work this out? Or it's a win-win for you. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do this because doing it in isolation, few people really win and succeed in pure isolation. And, and then, the, oh, another thing is I'm worried about my precious idea. You know, when I left IBM, I sat down with my attorney and I said, I've got 20, 35 recommendations or 110 things I put into IBM and I'm worried they'll take them and do them. Should I protect them? And he said, let me tell you something. The winner isn't the person with the idea. That's a dime a dozen. The person who has the initiative and the courage and the persistence to take it to the markets, the winner. And I was so offended by that because I thought my little secret precious ideas were valuable. And the truth is they're not. It's, it's, you know, there was something a long time ago, I don't know if you're old enough to know, called the pet rock, you know, and the pet integrated circuit or something. And people go, well, I thought of that. So what? The guy that took the rest to, to go to investors and get someone to put a box on and, and, and order a container worth from China and all that, that's the courage. That's the realness of business. It's not the your precious little idea. It's the ones willing to take those calculated risks and make it happen. I agree. I think everyone's had the at least an idea at some point, but how many of us you know, have acted on them? You know, um, that's that's where the work is and the and the effort. And not everyone's willing to do that. So, you know, getting started that's tough in its own. But then once you get started, just staying in business is a whole another challenge. Um, what do you think are some key things people should do to stay in business? Again, is there's a book called Strength Finders. I do recommend it. I'm not a big uh, personality profile, not that they don't have value, but it's a good book. And there's also a classic book called E-Myth e Revisited. And the key is you've got to really identify what your strong suit is and get yourself in that lane as much as possible that drives revenue, whatever it is. And then you've got to get the other people that are good at doing that and getting them on the time to drive it. And then you need to understand the, your customers through their eyes enough so you're anticipating the next need before they even realize it. And I, iPod's a good example of that. They saw people with MP3s and stumbling around trying to figure it out. And Apple went, there's a product over here. Why don't we buy it, improve it, and make it so they can carry these things around? So learning to anticipate, that's an, another important piece in sustainability. <clears throat> and uh, setting aside time on working on the business, not just in it. And this is very hard when you begin. I mean, you're... There, I know so many business where you go, I didn't take a paycheck this week so that my employees could get paid. I, I really understand this. And the ability of being able to adapt and change to the market. Yeah, so these are just a few. There are many more. <clears throat> and But these are uh, another thing. The other thing is I'm a huge advocate of structures over discipline. I want to mention that. You know, that I have discipline over not eating cookies if I don't bring them in my house. So really, the smart business person gets over, I should be able to do this, and ask, what environment gets me doing this? What structure? What commitment? 
Do I need to tell my minister <laughs> this done in a week? I'll be so worried about lying to them that I will do it. Structure over discipline is very important business. Uh, there's a business guide, and I uh, apologize, I don't remember his name, but I went to a meeting once, and I used to have, I had a PC service business that I built up, sold to a guy to help fund my coaching business. And he actually retired, had has multiple kids and went to college, I believe, and really took off with it. And there was a group I set up in that area. And one of these senior guys said, I never answered the phone because I give away the store. And I thought, well, he should be able to answer the phone. He should overcome that. I went, no, this is the wisdom of a business owner. He knows I'm probably not going to change that. I need to get that solved. So I work on what I'm best at. Now, in the beginning, you got to wear a lot of hats till you get there. But that's the idea. What is your strong suit? And you usually don't know it. So when I'm coaching with people, I'm good at X, X getting it, but you can talk to people. One of the questions you ask people is goes, of all the things I do, what do you think's most valuable to pay me for? <laughs> and I'll go, well, you're the best at. You know? <laughs> now, if you're the best at coming up with ideas that never happen, you might need to do some personal development work on that. But you know, find those things and play to your strengths. And when I was in the corporate world, it was all about back then, identify your weaknesses and improve on them. So I was really good at undermining my own confidence. When I got on my own, I went, wait a second, that was bad advice back then. So that's, to me, a beginning piece. Just knowing, knowing what you're good at. like Yes, and that's not easy that. because it's breathing for you. You know, you may not know what you're best at. You may have to talk to other people and they go, well, you're fantastic at this. You know, my, my stepson gave me a real good compliment. He says, you know, you're fearless in going out and talking to people and interacting with them. And I'm going, well, of course, you see, because you need to keep, I, I was, I'm, uh, I had a podcast show. Uh, my associate sadly died at 39, left five wonderful kids and, uh, a wife and it's been over a year and I'm going, well, am I going to create another show? I created, I've done all types to teach them. And, you know, he said, look, you're great at, at talking to people and saying, Hey, I'd like you to be on the show. And so that was like a real, it's like, I had forgotten that we forget what our own gifts are sometimes, including myself. And we need the people to echo on back. The other thing is, you got to like really discern with the, the critic inside your head that's, that's, uh, that's going to undermine you and the person warning you you're about to fall off the cliff. You got to separate those out. You got to know when you're leaning forward in the cliff and you feel like you're going to fall is because you could actually fall versus your paranoia. It, am I afraid I'm going to look bad or fail or something like that? That's the false fears and get those separated out. So you're really on your A game. And, and you've touched on this, but I mean, I think a big thing is just stepping out of your comfort zone and trying something new. Um, you're not going to find what you're good at unless you go try to do something. I mean, if you just sit at home and watch television, hey, I'm really good at watching TV. What else are you good at? You're, you're not going to find out until you go just start doing something and 
And like you said, talking to other people about yourself, Hey, what do you, th- what do you think of me? What, what, what would I be good at? You know? Um, One area where I really noticed this is my generation has done a good job of encouraging their kids and always being positive with them. And, and what I, I noticed is seeing these young people that have no confidence. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I realized they weren't put in enough uncomfortable environments to fail enough to earn confidence. And so I realized, wow, some of the people in my age group really did a disservice to their kids of making sure everyone won. You know, okay, you failed at this, but you succeeded at this. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if these kids know if everyone wins, they know that's BS, excuse my language, <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're, oh, we all got awards, so what? So I think one of the things that we have to bring back is embracing failure and fail, fail fast, fail often. And understand it doesn't mean you're a failure. It's an important tool for building confidence. We've kind of taken out of our society with, well, it's not failure, it's such and such. No, I, I, I'm, I'm learning, I'm trying to pass the advanced test in amateur radio. Okay, look at this book. You got it? It's a big book. He's got a, a, he's got a book, book on screen here, folks. It a calculator. <laughs> People can't see it, but look up. There's three levels. There's technician, general, and advanced. And I put out, I took the test. I failed miserably. I thought, I'm not prepared. Take the test. Fail. I made a video on YouTube about it, you know? Now I'm studying. I'm going... I don't know if I'm smart enough. Maybe I can't remember this. I am dyslexic. I'm reading slow. And I'm going, oh, my God, what a great place to be. You know, and now I've committed to taking it three times. And then if I still fail, reevaluate. You see that? And actually share with people I'm doing it. Why? It, ins- it gives courage for it. Other people say, well, I'm going to go for it now. And, and I said, well, how do you know? And someone goes, well, I'm not up for math. I go, me neither. You know? I was put in a special needs class in fourth grade. You know, I, I, I'm not sure how to use the calculator. I'm on YouTube fumbling around. What a rich experience of being alive that most people deny themselves. You know, it's like, wow, I'm, more people will know. I'm trying to get everyone to know. Yeah, this is, a whole, this is a whole new experience for you, something like way right. out of your comfort zone, but you're going yes. for it. So. And I keep trying to put myself in those things. I was learning music. So I'm like fundamentals of music. Now I'm learning this. I, years ago, I, I took up competitive shooting. Oh, I still love that, but I can't get to the <laughs> range as much. I'm from Washington, D.C. We just arm criminals and make them feel safe. You know, <laughs> this is the, the way in, the, in this in a Good old boy took me to range and he said, you need to relax at the range. I thought, what the heck is he talking about? So we got a range and I was under crushing stress taking care of my parents remotely. An hour went by and went, I didn't worry about my parents. It was safety in the target. So, you know, I, a whole new <laughs> world opened up for me. I'm going to go relax and go to a range. Now I need to tell you folks that if you're in the North or, or have some attitude about this, safest place to be is a gun range. Because everyone's paying attention. Just when I know it's hard to believe. You've been out there. The, the country people know this stuff. But our oh, city yeah. folks don't know it. I, so, I feel safer on that than anything. So I went off the reservation a little bit. But anyway, back to you. 
<laughs> well, something else that, that I've done, you know, I've kind of stepped out of my comfort zone on something else recently too. I've, I've, I just got certified as a therapeutic horseback riding instructor for, for wow. kids with special needs. So, uh, you know, I try to step outside of my comfort zone a bit too. I'm, I'm doing this podcast. I'm, I'm going to start teaching kids to ride horses pretty soon. Um, but I just like the way it makes me feel to like, you know, challenge myself, um, to, to learn something new and just see how far I can go with it. Just, just the, the accomplishment of doing something kind of drives me more so than the, uh, I don't know, economic, uh, factors. I just, I just like to do stuff and, and, and yeah. push myself, you know, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. I'm scared of horses and they know it, but I still love them. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. They've they've been you know pretty helpful to me. I've 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 enjoyed riding them, and uh, I really enjoy getting involved with this and um, teaching some kids and and seeing how far I can go in this. So it's another another thing I'm I'm working on right now that I'm excited about. But you know, Martin, I guess we kind of need to wrap it up. I've you yeah. know I've really enjoyed speaking with you today, man. You're you're an inspiration, and you're just doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, you're just a really great guy and enjoyed having you. Well, same here. You're inspiring me. You're taking <laughs> on, you were in the podcast class. You're the one that stepped up, did something with it. I'm here to support you. You're, you're taking this on and I'm so excited to be on the show. I just want to tell people, support you, share the show, comment on it. And this, I watch this as a, a kickoff from a podcast show in Wilson, North Carolina. Thanks to them as well. And really keep going, man. If people hear this and get value, let you know, don't be silent and stingy, acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. That's what my ending message is going to be. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and, you know, as we leave, I, I want to recognize you too. Um, tell us where people can go to, to learn more about you or, and get in touch with you. Absolutely. First of all, just Google my name, Martin Brossman. There's over 20,000 pages of content, lots of free information on it. And then if you want my main site, Martin Brossman Associates, links to all of them. I also can be found on YouTube, Googling my name there. I have a site for one-on-one coaching. I only take on a few clients with that. That's coachingsupport.com, found off the main site. Then for my keynote and speaking, is Martin Brossman Speaks and my online training site, Martin Brossman Institute. You notice a pattern here? Anyway. <laughs> the name, folks. <laughs> that's right. There's something in common here. Uh, I found out my name was much better branded than an early company name I have. So I put it on the side. And uh, I'm glad to connect on the social sites. You can find me under my name. If you get value or comment, let me know. I'm very busy. Uh, I have a lot of responsibilities, but I always try to respond to anyone that comes along. So reach out, connect, and hope to hear from you and hear your success. And I'm, I just, we, we can't have enough people working to make the world a better place. Awesome. Thanks so much, Martin. Appreciate you being here. Go slay it, man. Keep on doing good out there in the communities. Thank you. Wow, what a great episode. Really enjoyed that. Martin's just a really fun guy. Has a lot of really good information. 
I learned a lot, and I hope you guys did as well. Uh, some of my key takeaways uh, from Martin today, the community needs to be supporting small businesses, period. They are more entrenched here in the community, and there's more security for the whole area through the small businesses. They're going to be more invested. They're going to stick around. It, I mean, it's just so important to support your small businesses to make your area grow and to help your town and your people be successful. And part of that is you've got to take the time to notice the genius and the gifts within the town. you got to get involved and you got to acknowledge what is going on. When you get involved, you start acknowledging what is happening, it means more to you. You become a part of it. You you really get entrenched yourself, and it helps to promote others, helps others to grow, and also helps you to grow as well. It, it works out for everyone when you just appreciate what you have around you and you become a part of it. Don't just sit at home. Don't do nothing. Get out. Get involved. You'll find there are some very wonderful people in your community you just haven't even met yet. Get involved with them. Do things with them. Rise up together. I mean, and part of that rising up together, too, is sharing things on social media. I mean, it's very powerful. Yeah, I've noticed on some things when 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 I just post, you know, I get a few likes, comments, whatever. Uh, but when you start plugging in with other people and you know sharing their things, or they start sharing start sharing your things, you're exposing each other to each other's audiences, and that's huge. Um, that is how you can really help other local businesses. Is even if you're not buying something from them, which you know that's always great, but you can always promote them. You can show them some love on social media. You can show your friends that. They are also your friend. <laughs> and then we can all become friends. So uh, social media, that, that's really huge for promoting your local businesses, which, you know, you guys probably, you're smart people. You probably knew that already. And another really big thing that Martin shared with us that I thought was great was just his take on time management. I mean, we've all got a million things going on. We all know that time management is pretty important. You might have kids, you might have two jobs, you might be doing a lot of volunteer work, you might be active in your church, uh, you got the rest of your family. I mean, we have a lot of things going on and you really just have to put a cost on your time. Think of your time like money, which we've heard that expression before. Think about what does an hour of your time cost and how are you using it? You know, an hour costs X amount of money. How did you just spend that last dollar? Um, not that last hour. That's the important point. How did you spend that last dollar? When you think of it like that, you really start to wonder, okay, is this really that important? Should I really be doing this? It'll help you to really understand and manage your time so much better. And another key thing with that is you got to be able to say no. Everybody wants your time. Your time is money. Do you want to give your money to everyone? No. Where are you tithing your time? And then also structure over discipline. What environment gets you to do what needs to be done? If you can structure structure what you do, structure your environment, you know, give yourself a certain amount of time every day to do X to get something accomplished. Structuring helps you 
to really get it done. It keeps you focused. You don't spend time trying to think, okay, what's next? What's next? What do I do? Wait, did I do that? If you create a structured environment for whatever it is you're trying to do, it'll really help you to get done what you need to get done. Then lastly, embrace your failures. Fail fast and fail often. You will make mistakes. Don't let it bother you. You just got to keep trucking. You're going to fail many times, folks, but you know, you're never going to accomplish anything if you don't try. Go try, folks. Get something done. As we always say, just get moving. Keep moving. That is key. Now I want to tell you a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with the show and our sponsors. Thank you all for listening today, and please stay in touch. If you like the show, please head on over to our website at carolinainmotionpodcast.com and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google. Another thing I'm really excited about is the online community for the listeners and fans of the show that I've just set up on Facebook. The Carolina in Motion Community Facebook group is a great place for you to come and interact with me, guests of the show, and other listeners. It's a great place where we can all share ideas and get support from each other. So I'm really excited to be creating this group where we can all help each other to get in motion with whatever it is we are all working on. If you want to be a part of this group, head on over to Facebook, find the Carolina in Motion Community Group, and join it. I look forward to hearing your ideas and working with you there. As I close out the show, I want to say thank you so much to our sponsor, my firm, the Certified Public Accounting Firm of Haney, Fan, Bruton, and Crawford, LLP. Since 1972, we have been helping people to grow their businesses and improve their lives by providing sound financial reporting and advising on business and taxes. We offer services such as tax preparation, business and tax planning, bookkeeping, financial reporting, assurance services, and payroll services. If you need help with your business accounting and want someone you can trust to provide you with the information you need to help you make sound decisions based upon accurate financial information, then Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford LLP is the firm for you. Give me a call today at 252-443-0515 and I can help you take your business to the next level. That's 252-443-0515. Haney, Van, Bruton, and Crawford LLP. Again, thank you all for listening. I love doing this and I'm so thankful to have you listen. I hope that what I'm doing with this show helps get you to wherever it is you're going. I'm John Van, and until next time, just keep moving, Carolina.